Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Ryan. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. How are my peeps doing today? I trust everybody's doing just fine. Well, we are back here again. And let me get that link that Brother Radnin wants on the screen to get started with the program. How is How are all our peeps doing? There we go with the chart. We'll get into that chart in a little bit. Let's see. Welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Yvette Avery Herod, welcome aboard. Melanie Keelan, welcome aboard. Bri- uh, Michael Rotnin, El Senor AVQ, how are all my peeps doing today? I trust everybody is doing just fine. Looking at the screen, looking at the screen, Capitol Hill stunner. But is it a stunner for real, Senor Rotnin? It says Capitol Hill stunner 2023 led to the fewest laws in decades. It's hard to believe a chart like that, right? From the 118th Congress. How many years is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. In the last 18 years, it's not that they came close. It's that they they have become the least productive, the most useless Congress. Look, if we don't go out there and show charts like this, if we don't go out there and tell people, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain is in the house. How are you doing, Melanie? Great to see you here. If we don't go out and tell people about this, then we deserve what we get. Anyhow, I hope everybody's preparing for the new year. I know I'm not. I'm still trying to get all the things that I have to get done to refresh the show, to have new options, to make it easier for people to uh, to you know, partake of what we're doing. You know, there's a whole lot that I'm doing in the background. I'm trying to also release my book, uh, 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 Tribulations of a Afro Latino Caribbean Man. I'm trying to get that in hard copy right now, and I'm working on that. It's been a blast doing the work, but you know, we're having fun. We're having fun. Don't let anybody say otherwise. We are having fun. Anyway, folks, Brija, you are asking me, Egberto, are you going to be doing that tape stuff? For the rest of the year. And I said, no, Breach. I can't stay that long away from my peeps. Salute. I can't take that amount of time away from my peeps. Anyway, how's it going? What do you want to talk about today? I got three videos that I need to queue up right here for you guys. I'm doing that as we speak. What's up? What do you want to talk about? Start throwing some stuff in the screen so that I can go ahead and add it to our repertoire. But in the interim... I'm adding the videos for the show that I just, just now, just now completed uh, processing them. You know how that goes sometimes. You you kind of get it right on time. So now I'm loading them as I'm speaking to make sure that the videos are racked up. But you know what? One of them's missing. Watch Senator Romney describe. I think this is the other one. I think that's the one. Okay, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think I've got it going. Okay, from Bri, from Michael Rudden, he says the fallen Republicans, only 20 bills passed this year. Uh, you, you'd expect Republicans to be the party of no, you get nothing. But this is frankly shocking how little they want to get done at a time when we need them to work for us. Do me a favor and ask the conservatives you know what have the Republicans tangibly done for you lately? If they even reply after thinking long on it, you'll hear nothing but culture war and nonsense and historical records, uh, historical records 
as an answer. Axios, just 20 bills have been passed by both chambers and signed into law this year with another current uh, awaiting president's signature. So yes, they are in fact a what what we all know as a do nothing Congress. Uh, that's far below even historically unproductive first years. The 104th, the 112th, the 113th Congresses in which Republicans control one or both chambers with Democrats Bill Clinton and Barack Obama in the White House passed between 70 and 73 laws. 2023 also marks the low point in years, long trend towards gridlock. Five of the six most unproductive first years have been since 2011. Shameful, shameful, shameful. Uh, but he says, why is why why is it now that everyone is talking about how bad Trump smells, even though it has been said for years? Actually, I don't know. It, it kind of be, it started to go viral. There is a, it, it started with Kinsinger went out and said, I'm surprised that nobody has yet talked about how bad Donald Trump smells. Well, you know, you know, you know, I'm not sure what that is all about either. I must confess, I really don't know what that's all about. I don't even know if it's mentioned worth mentioning per se. But we do, because again, it's out there in the ethos. Melanie Keelan says, everything's good here, kind of quiet. Yeah, it's kind of quiet here on the internet as well. Where is everybody? I guess the New Year's about to start. So people are probably doing a lot of other things, getting prepared for the New Year. I can understand that. I don't I don't feel the hurt that uh, we don't have a lot of people right this minute watching it live, but they'll catch up in the I'm pretty sure they'll catch up in the in the blog posts and in the uh, podcast. Anyway, folks, you are in charge before I get the videos going. Why don't you tell me if there's something that you want me to hit on before I get specifically into those videos? You know, this is whose show again. This is your show. So is there something before I get started that you want me to knock on before we get going. This is your show, so let me know what you want us to discuss. All right, let's see. Uh, Bridge, uh, MCV says, Eric is on vacation. Skiing? I don't know. He didn't tell me where he was going. I thought he would tell you, Bridge. You know, he likes um, he likes how you admire his pecs. So I figure he would tell you that, maybe, with the expectation that you'll come and visit he and his wife wherever it is that they go. Who knows? Maybe, you know. Uh, we know what's going on out there in Florida. Maybe he got some ideas from his Republicans in Florida, the people who run the Republican Party in Florida. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Bridge. I'm just kidding. But I know you know what I'm talking about. Melanie says she really enjoyed uh, the interview this morning. I think that's the one with Richard Wolf. I love Richard Wolf. And you know what is a? I'm going to be a bit conceited here, folks. I was so, um, you know, and, and this was, that was completely unsolicited. I played that interview here before, but it was completely unsolicited what uh, El Señor um, Richard Wolf said. And you know what I'm going to do just for my excitement that he really loves politics done right? I'm going to play a little something that, that he said. And when he said it, I almost melted. I, I don't think you could see it in my face, right? But when he said it, it, for me, it was like, oh, thank you. Please tell everybody about that because I want people to support politics then right for this reason. Check this out and then I'll take it on the other side. This is what the one of the top economists in this country, 
thinks about politics done right. Check this out. Tell me what you think. Let me answer by starting with a compliment that I believe you deserve. You're putting forward ideas, thoughts, inviting people who are not normally on the mainstream media so that the American people can get another perspective. I don't blame Americans because they live in a society that constantly feeds them silly, disrespectful ways of thinking about the world because they're afraid that if people understood, they'd be angry. That's part of the reason I just talked about the information. Inflation. Understand who's doing that to you. At least then you can begin to think in an intelligent way, what can we do to make this situation better? But if you keep believing that the fault is in Mr. Putin or the fault is in Washington, you're not going to figure out how to solve the problem because you haven't yet been able to think through with the raw materials you need. And you provide those raw materials. That's why I'm proud to be here. But let me answer by starting with a compliment that I believe you deserve. You're putting forth. So, uh, I mean, when he said that, I you didn't you probably didn't see it in my face. Like I told one of you yesterday, if I was a different hue, you would see me blush. I wanted to blush there. I probably was blushing there, but you're not going to see my blush. But yeah, so that that uh, you know, there's no biggest honor than when somebody says that. And you know, uh, last yesterday when I played some of the videos, I also. I noticed that this particular national journalist um, who's always out there doing civil rights stuff or whatever, he had something similar to say about politics done right. And, you know, uh, he, he watches, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this is what Mark had to say. Check check out what Mark had to say. Then I'll take it on the other side. Like I said, I'm doing a little back, back patting right now, but, you know, I'm going to use this in some... Um, I'm going to use this in, a, in an email that I'm about to send out, asking people to support the, um, the program. Check, check this one out. Brother, congratulations to you. Uh, you've always you know, been stalwart and you know, helped share issues. And we're in a critical moment. Yes. Because all media is in jeopardy. Entertainment industry is now shut down. I'm proud of them. I support SAG after strike, the Screenwriters Guild strike. Um, but as all these other media are beginning to consolidate and isolate and move more conservative, we need to continue to do the type of things we do to provide that alternative. And that's what you're doing. And we're all thankful for that. Keep up the good work. Politics done right, y'all. Brother, congratulations to you. Uh, I, I I love that. So, folks, give give that info to all your, your buddies and say there is a there is a small media outlet out here that wants to continue spreading its wings and making sure that people are informed, not just in this live program that we do twice a day, but also in the blogs that we write and the books that we write and all the other things that we do. We want to keep this stuff going. So let folks know that it is okay. Support Politics Done Right, because again, we are here to do the work. Anyhow, folks, anyhow, uh, you know, Mitt Romney was asked, that he was asked, uh, <laughs> and this was funny on, on Meet the Press. I think it wasn't Meet the Press. I think it was on Meet the Press. He said they said, "Hey, why is it that you haven't endorsed anybody yet, Mitt Romney? You have some clout in the Republican Party, not the the new Republican Party, but you have some clout on the what should we say, the republic, the thinking Republicans. Why haven't you? Why haven't you expressed yourself, Mitt Romney?" 
And Mitt Romney had a great answer. Mitt Romney had a great answer. I want you to listen to this, and then we will take it on the other side. Let's turn now to the 2024 race as you bring up former President Trump. Why haven't you endorsed a candidate yet, Senator? And do you plan to do so? Well, because if I endorse someone, it would be the kiss of death. No, I'm not going to do that. Maybe I should, I should pick, shall I, shall I endorse the person I, I like least right now? <laughs> I, I'm not going to be uh, endorsing President Trump, obviously. I've made that very clear. Um, look, Chris Christie has done a terrific job so far. I think uh, his being in the race has kept Donald Trump from coming to the, to the debates because I think Donald Trump recognized if he went to the debate with Chris Christie, Chris Christie would reveal him for what he was and, and Trump would be badly hurt. So he stayed out. But Nikki Haley, she's rising right now. I think she's the only one that has a shot of becoming the nominee other than President Trump. It's a long shot in her part, but she's the one that has a shot. So we'll see. Do you think it's time for other candidates, not Nikki Haley, since you think she's has the momentum right now to drop out of the race, to start consolidating their support, given what you're saying? Yeah. I don't think it's my role to tell other people when they should get out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing. Yeah, he said he don't think it is his role to determine uh, who should get into the race or not. Hey, if that was somebody calling into the show, uh, go ahead and call back again. We would definitely want to hear from you. If you're listening to the show and you called in, please feel free to call in again. I think it's up and running now that I can answer it, I think. I think it is up in here. So call back again, and we'll be more than happy to put you on air right away. Bridge MCP says, Donald Trump legal filing slams frivolous bid to hide secret documents in a filing in further support of the, uh, of the uh, motion on Wednesday. Trump lawyers argued that Smith's office claims the contours of the uh, motion are too sensitive to be disclosed to them is frivolous. They said the court should reject the office's attempt to hide unclassified uh, arguments, uh, let's see, uh, unclassified arguments from President Trump's clear counsel. P.S. He isn't president anymore. The judge better be careful. Remember, he isn't president anymore. He isn't president at all. But he says, Nikki, LOL, shouldn't should can answer the question to explain the civil war. She would not say slavery, but Biden did answer the answer. I mean, you know, why is it so difficult for folks to understand or say, just tell the truth? The civil war absolutely was about slavery. In fact, one of the outcomes of the civil war is that slavery ended. The Emancipation Proclamation executed during the Civil War did free all the slaves. It's, it fell, it's, uh, freed the slave in the South, as I recall, except for, I think, one state, which was one that uh, this, a slave state that didn't join the Confederacy. I don't remember which one was that. Come on, guys, help me. Which was a slave state that didn't join the Confederacy? Those slaves, I think, remained slaves. Eric Hayes is in the house, even though he's on vacation. Interesting, a judge orders a wind form to be removed. Mining rules via Osage Indian land. I, I, don't, I don't know the story, but I can imagine what the reasons would be. The environment for some reason, I don't know. But I tell you, if it's on somebody's private land, uh, whether it be a, um, 
a, a reservation or whatever, you better pay those people at the reservation or follow their wills. That's how it works. It's the rule of law. It's the rule of law. All right. You know, um, anyhow, what else is there? To, what else do we want to cover before we get into the other two and three videos? What else do we want to cover? Let me hear it, uh, folks. Uh, if you are on YouTube, please be sure to click that that up arrow, that that uh, not like button. I think it's a thumbs up. Give us a thumbs up out there on YouTube. If you are on Facebook, remember to give us that like. We cannot do it without you. British MCP says four slave states stayed in the Union despite their acceptance of slavery. They were Delaware, Kentucky, Maryland, and Missouri did not join the Confederacy. I thought it was only one. Lee Grant said civil war was complex. Lincoln said if he could have prevented the war without freeing a single slave, he would have done that. And that's the reason when we have so many praising, uh, praising Lincoln, I have consistently stated Lincoln wasn't some savior for black people, for the slaves. Lincoln's ultimate purpose was to preserve the Union. Thank you for pointing that out, Lee Grant. That is such an important thing because too often people deify Lincoln and Republicans as saying, look, slaves were freed under the Republican Party. Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. True. But he, he said it with his own words. If I could keep the Union together without freeing a, a single slave, I would. But he couldn't. So ultimately, he freed the slaves in the states that joined the Confederacy. Then a lot of them came in and fight. All right, so you, you are uh, and And so that, that said, Lee Grant, I don't think there's anything complex about the Civil War at all. The Civil War was fought between evil and non-evil. Right. In other words, for an evil system versus a, non, a system that was less evil. And we got to admit until until people in the South get over the fantasy that somehow treating a human being with indignity should be okay, they will forever be, they would forever be look down upon. And here's the thing that I try to tell my Southern brothers and sisters. My Southern brothers and sisters that are racist are no less racist, are no more racist than the folks up North. The folks up North just know how to do it with class. And believe it or not, that's what I like about the honesty of the South. You know, a lot of my friends that move up to Chicago or New York or Oregon or these places, they'll be like, I don't know how you live in the South, man. You know, the with the way racism is and still is, there are still places that you can. And I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. It is true that, you know, a lot of this stuff went down in the South, but there's a certain warmth in the South. There's a certain, and I've been all over the country, you know. I've been, I love you, Bridge, but New York is one of the coldest places outside of the city that I've gone to. I'm talking about, you know, even going to upstate New York, you know, with the group that we went with, it was great. But the people in the aggregate, they weren't, and I don't know if it's culture or what, they weren't very friendly. You come here to, to the South, it doesn't matter who you are, it is, there's a certain amount of 
Well, when you come here, you'll see that. Bridge MCP says, correctly, I could see the union. I would say it the shortest way under the Constitution. The sooner the national authority can be restored, the nearer the union will be uh, to the union as it was. If there be those who would not save the union unless they could at the same time save slavery, I do not agree with them. If there be those who would not save the union unless they could at the same time destroy slavery, I do not agree with them. My paramount objective in this struggle is to save the union and it's not either to save or destroy slavery. If I could save the union without freeing any slave, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. And I want, there's a thread in there that I want, Egberto, you were one third way up, not upstate to us. Okay, one third way up. I hear you, girl. Uh, here, here is one thing, okay, that I think is quite interesting. And I want folks to listen to this. The mentality that Lincoln displayed there, the morality that Lincoln displayed there, is the same morality that we see in Netanyahu, that we see in Biden. For some people, for some people, humanity comes just as an after effect for some people in other words if you look at biden if 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 netanyahu was doing certain things in let's say a, a north carolina or, or or an arkansas it would be a problem but because it's palestinians and not let's say the jews in israel they can take their time to resolve things i mean it's not like they want to kill palestinians but if Palestinians die for the ulterior motive of Israel, meaning Netanyahu, then it's okay. It's a price we're willing to pay. The same goes with what Lincoln had to say there. Lincoln said, my ultimate goal is to save that union. I want to keep the country together. If that means enslaving people, fine. But if it means also freeing them, fine too. In other words, the people were afterthoughts. It's the same thing that capitalism does, right? Uh, if people get a benefit from uh, what they like to call free markets, I call it rigged markets. If people get a good from these rigged markets, meaning capitalist markets, if they're good, come out, people fine. But the one thing we can't mess with is the structure. Capitalism is the structure. It is thy God. You can't mess with that. Humanity comes below. If you remember a couple of shows back, I said, the problem isn't capitalism. The problem is where capitalism lies in the, in the chart. For me, it is humanity, capitalism as a tool, socialism as a tool, and all these other isms as tools that you use effectively where they work. You use capitalism for certain areas in creating a good burger, a good pizza, etc., a good car. You use socialism in the parts where you need to create a social structure where people are taken care of, etc., etc., etc. You even use anarchism in certain in, in certain domains where you want the restoration of certain areas. I let, leave it up to the 
you know, the finish shall survive. Right? But all in all, to, on top, you've got humanity. So you got humanity, capitalism, socialism, all those other things that, that have the, the good of all those things to execute something. That is what we need to look at. That is what we need to look at. Daniel Ledo says, sounds like Egberto thinks the Civil War was a black and white issue, no pun intended, but every other issue always has nuance. Guess the complexity of an issue is wholly dependent on the political expediency for Egberto. No. But again, that one, I didn't have to look at nuances. The, the Civil War was simple. Simple. It wasn't that we had an agrarian society versus a, 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 a uh, industrial society, which is what we had. That wasn't a reason for the Civil War. There are a lot of different things that are different between agrarian societies and industrial societies. And, you know, we had that separation, Chicago being industrial, but around Chicago and the other places where the meat came from, etc., was agrarian. So it's interesting. It's interesting. All right, let's let, let's continue. We got uh, Breed says the Confederate flag should be white. They surrendered. <laughs> Bridge, I couldn't have said that any better. Uh, Daniel Ledo says second guessing uh, history is a speciality of Egberto. History must be redefined to support the glorious Marxist agenda. Is that what you really think, Daniel Leto? I don't think that's the case. Lee Grant says, and to reduce it to a good versus evil struggle is one wrong-headed. But it is a good versus evil. What's occurring in Palestine is a good versus evil. It's a good versus evil. I have so many clips. You know, but anyhow, that's for another day. Uh, Breed says, Egberto, you are not in your office, chilling on the couch. Office under construction, wife out. No, I needed a change of pace. I've been doing a lot of writing, and the office was a bit messy and complicated, and it messed with my thought process. So I brought stuff down, and I said I was going to start writing and all, the, all of that from here, even preparing some videos from here. And that's what I did, Bridge MCP. Uh, that's what I did. And, you know, I'll probably stay here a couple more days and start afresh on January 2nd in the office. Cleaned up, of course, swept up, etc. Try to get all that done together. All right. Let's see, folks. Uh, let's see if the phones work. Give us a call. I've, I can find the number. Just give us a call. And I'll tell you uh, as soon as I pull up the number, because for some reason I don't have it on the screen here. But you can give us a call at, let me get to the pad. Let me get to the pad. Let me get to the pad. 281-823-7747. 281-823-7747. I will be taking your call if it's your sole desire. But let's go ahead and play this for, put this on the screen for Bridge MCP which is what she wants. It's going to be blinking a bit, guys, but you can live with it for a few seconds. Here we go. It says, the, the screen says, some people mock, some people help. Character matters. If you get that, work on yours. 
If you don't get that, work on your. So I repeat, some people mock, some people help. Character matters. If you don't get that, work on yours. All right, before I get people going crazy, I'm going to remove the blinking screen and until we can do better than that. I don't know what's wrong with that. All right. Uh, Daniel Ledo says, the split in America is a good versus evil for your information. Egberto, you are on the side of the evil. Let me see. Let me see. I want to explore that. I do want a woman to have control of her own body. You don't. Good versus evil. I want a great social safety net where government is large enough to take care of its own. I want that. You don't. Good versus evil. I realize that a lot of the migration that is occurring across the border is caused by American policy towards South America, Central America, and the Caribbean. Exactly. And that has caused the dislocation of many people in Haiti. The rice farming went down the trail, and uh, Clinton has already admitted to U.S. policy causing that. In Venezuela, by having an embargo on Venezuela, destroyed the economy, even as Venezuela is standing on the largest oil resource on the planet. But we don't want that control by socialist government. So we starve the people, which we cause the migration to the United States. People are screened so bad they're going to Panama, the Darien jungles, where many of them die. So we realize that. So we want the people that are at the border to have some humane entry into the United States for a problem that ultimately America caused. We are following what Jesus said. Open your door to the foreigner. Open your door to those in need. I believe in that. Daniel Ledo does not. Good versus evil. I believe that we should have something called a basic income so that the deficiencies of the capitalist society as we have today, which will leave some without by, by requirement, our economic system requires that you have a certain level of an underclass. We can go into the, the numbers as to why that is that reality. We can go into that. Therefore, now, I want people to be able to sustain themselves and get a helping hand where needed. I believe in that. You do not. Mr. Ledeau, good versus evil. So I've spoken about people on the right consistently uh, projecting, looking in a mirror. When they accuse you of something, realize that when they're pointing that finger, four fingers are pointing back. So Mr. Ledeau, I accept your statement, and your statement is simply you looking in a mirror. I wanted to take that bait, though, Bridge, because I wanted to delineate us, Bridge. I wanted that bait. I loved it, especially at the end of the year where we can actually show the differences. My brother Lee Grant says, a neo-Marxist view depends on a split between the oppressed and the oppressor. 
Well, you just look at the words that he used, Lee, oppressed and oppressor. That is That implies a split because you have a group that is putting the, another group under its thumbs, under its boots. You're, the way you expressed it already proves what I'm doing is actually the right thing. Uh, let's see. Eric Hayes says, Egberto, America has oil as a resource. We don't need Venezuela. That is our current government pushing the crap, just like making Iran relevant again. False. You see, again, I would agree with you, Mr. Hayes, Eric Hayes, if oil was a commodity belonging solely to the United States and that we decide we couldn't do anything but use that oil internally. As it turns out, that's not the case. Oil is on a global market, and that is why oil, even though we produce it here, it fluctuates with whatever the global market says the price of oil is. Venezuela oil coming onto the market will automatically devalue our oil here in the United States. Any oil glut that comes onto the market, all the drilling, even as we are the largest oil producer in the world under Biden, I must say at that, which I don't, I don't like that we're the largest oil producer. I don't like that we're producing so much oil. But even so, even though that's the case, let's be real. What you're seeing here is uh, us wanting to make sure that Venezuela is there when we need it. But we don't want them developed until we can control their government. Okay? Understand the complexities. It's not really complex. It is simply the bullying aspect of our foreign policy. All right, let's see. Daniel says literally everything you are describing is evil. You don't understand what you're doing. The consequences of your good is suffering. Hmm. I don't think Sweden would think that. I don't think Norway thinks that. I don't think uh, Switzerland thinks. I don't think any of these countries think that. And everything that they're doing is some modification thereof of the statements that I just made. And their people, according to the happy index, they're much happier than we are. So as we die, as we lose our well-being, as we lose our property, as we lose our wealth to a select few, those other countries are doing just fine. All right. In talks with the U.S.-Mexico's priorities, appears to be opening border crossing. Mexican officials moved to clear a migrant encampment on the banks of the Rio Grande River Wednesday as U.S. officials met with Mexico's president to press for measures to limit surge of migrants reaching the U.S. southern border. Mexico began clearing tents, both occupied and unoccupied, from the encampment in the border city of Matamorros, across from Brownsville, Texas, starting Tuesday. The effort, backed by bulldozers and workers with machetes, Continued Wednesday uh, as U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken talked with President uh, Andres Manuel López Obrador in Mexico City. López Obrador has seen uh, has said he's willing to help, but he wants the progress in the U.S. relationship with Cuba and Venezuela, two of the top sources of migrants, along with more development aid for the region. But Mexico's uh, top priority appeared to be getting the United States to reopen border crossings that were closed because of the migrant surge. Great. America jobs, not Venezuela or Iran jobs. See the freaking point and more tax revenue for your progressives. Oh, boy. 
I think you need to go ahead and understand economics and its interwovenness into the world uh, economy. Uh, Bridge MTP says, Eric, love your picks, but please don't quote Rump. <laughs> that is funny, Bridge. Robert Davenport is in the house and he says, self-delusion, thinking they can live on this planet without interacting with other people. They do not think they need government while driving on public roads, using currency, using electricity, LOL. Not only that, the first time they need any help, they said, oh, government, please help me. The funny thing is you go to Appalachia. Appalachia is one of the areas with the highest amount of people, some, some places north of 50% on public assistance. I want you to think about that. And you know who these people are voting for? Trump. Trump, the person that will get rid of their basic income. We have a lot of work to do, folks. We have to get our activists to go into our motherland, to go into Appalachia, go into the ghettos, go into the barrios, and really tell some truths. And that's what I am here for. That is what many who are doing this work that we are doing right here, all of you, because you guys are our supporters as well. All of you are doing this important work. Well, you know, interesting for the screen. Bridge, you're really screening me up today, girl. Uh, let's go ahead and put it on the screen. It's a little bit harder to do on this particular machine, but if Bridge asks for it, Bridge gets it. When the woman says, I better to do that, I do it. So here we go, Bridge. For you, girlfriend. Here it is for you. I think it's up on the screen. It says, regarding the poison of the blood, the whole point of America is that we do not have and never have had a common blood. We do not have and never have had a common religion or, or common ethnicity or common heritage. What we do have is an uncommon set of ideas that all people are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That and not our blood is what makes us American. Love it. Love it. And you know, that is a part that we give kudos to the founders of this country. I am not an avid lover of the founders because, like I said, the founders put black through black people under the bus to get the Constitution. As usual, they created a document. And for those people that they could throw under the bus, they did. Because what was more important was the formation of the country, not morality. Same thing that's happening in Israel, same thing that happened in Panama and elsewhere. But the one thing that they did that we should honor is to create a constitution that could grow, a constitution that could become moral. And while it's not yet completely moral, we are, in fact, getting there. Lee Grant says, we all can't be culturally and ethnically homogeneous, high-trust societies like those in Scandinavia. What makes Scandinavia a high-trust society that you think? You know, this, you know, uh, Lee, and I say this respectfully, you think that having a certain culture, a certain way of acting, somehow makes that culture more acceptable, more moral, and in your, using your words, uh, uh, make it more 
called uh, make it a, a trust society. The funny thing about it is, if you take a look at the European societies, what you find, you know, I hear Grant, you come and you talk about the criminals in the streets of Houston or the criminals that are out there picking pockets or doing those simple things, right? They're criminal activities. But the biggest criminal activity of all, if you really want to be honest when it comes to killing fields, okay? European culture. European culture went all over the world and killed and assassinated and murdered. And I mean, look, the value of life is not something that the European culture has ever excelled on. Now, we come to the United States and we try to form a constitution and laws that govern how we should behave, et cetera, in the aggregate. But as soon as it's not in our best interest to use those laws, we murder. You know, Noriega doesn't do what we want to do. We kill 10,000 Panamanians. We allow Israel to kill over 20,000 Palestinians. We go into, uh, into Haiti and we kill a lot of people. Santo Domingo killed a lot of people. The biggest group of people killing on other people on this planet has always been in the latter centuries Europeans. I'm talking about killing human beings. We're the, we always complain about Iran may get the atomic bomb. Who is the only country that has ever used the atomic bomb? We, the United States of America. So we are the only country that any rational person can say it's the only country that has been known or it's the only country that we know has the guts, has the morality to use an atomic bomb. And you know how we know that? Because we're the only country who has ever done it. You know, we talk about morality. We go around the world and hold on to dictators that allows us to pilfer the natural resources. You don't learn this in school, Brother Grant. So I understand that you don't know it. And the books that you read are books to nurture your belief in some sort of a white supremacy and being able to say some cultures are better than others. But the thing about it is you don't know about too many cultures. Have you gone into the depths of Africa? Have you gone into the depths of Asia that nobody makes a, a, a that you don't hear about right now? And you don't hear about it because who cares? Americans don't care. They don't care that there are civilizations living throughout this world today, living in harmony, living long lives, living healthful lives. But you don't know about them. You know why? Because in this country, we burn books. When we get a book that expands on the knowledge of culture and anything that makes Western culture as we want to define it, as you define it as Scandinavia being homogeneous, when we reach into those cultures and anything that gives us a little bit of pause, we hold back. We don't want people to learn. But there are cultures over cultures. There are subcultures right here in America. Subcultures in America and around the world. So whenever you make a statement, my brother, you know I love you. You come here every day 
to be informed and to also expand your mind. But a statement that says, we all can't be culturally and ethnically homogeneous, high trust society. That is one of the most white supremacist statements because it was catered followingly with, the, with another word. Okay? And that is what you need to understand. It is something one has got to understand. So thanks for bringing that up, though, um, Brother Lee Grant, because that is what you were taught. That is how you were reared. I can't not like you for how you were reared. I can't not like you because you have been, by design, ignorant to the rest of the world. I can't not like you for that. I can care enough about humanity. I can love humanity enough that I can say, Brother Grant, I'm going to continue to hold you under my wing. I will continue to hug on you. I will continue to love on you because I understand that the culture that you were reared in that had made you believe that somehow it is superior to other cultures in as much as that culture has caused so much pain along the, around the world and used the trust of others. When you talk about a high trust society, when, when, when the settlers came to America, this high trust society did not live up to any of the treaties signed with the people here. Okay, this country that you, this country and the countries that you like to call high trust societies cannot be trusted. Ask the people who formed the, who formed all these places, this, this country. Ask about the Black Hills. Ask about all of these places. I'm sorry. European countries cannot be called high trust societies because treaties are not maintained if it goes against the capitalist nature of what they want to accomplish. Lee Grant says, Egberto, you have no idea how I was reared. Yes, I do. I don't have, I don't know how you were reared. I can infer based on what you say how you were reared. Just like I can infer how Bridge MCP was reared. I can be informed by Bridge MCP's actions of not only how she was reared, how she has allowed herself the latitude to think. Right? It's important. Bridge MCP says, Egberto, if you were never bullied, you wouldn't understand. If you were never exposed to certain things, you would never understand. If you are a white male, you may not understand. However, you can have empathy. That is a human moral. Let that sink in. My inference, uh, Lee Grant, based on your wordiology, is absolutely correct on who you are, sir. Okay? I have absolutely no doubt based on the history of your comments. Based on the history of your comments, I know exactly who you are. And again, 
what allows me not to hold it against you is because I can infer that this comes from the cultural menace in which you were reared. Okay? And that is what allows me to look at you and say, you are, in fact, my brother. Okay? That is how easy it is. Now, let's see. I have one more video to play for you. And this video has to do with uh, uh, Professor Johnson, as well as this Republican activist, were talking about uh, the, the, the possibilities of Biden winning the election or where the polls are, etc. And this particular operative actually believe that by Joe Biden is going to win by a larger margin than what he won by in 2020. What's your thoughts? But let's go ahead and play that and then we'll take it on the other side. Jason, the election is still 11 months away. I, I think there's plenty of time to turn polls around. The Post points to some potential ways to do that. Ramp up the campaign presence in battleground states. Direct activists on how to get the word out. You know, regular campaigning. <laughs> what do you think the Biden campaign should focus on? Uh, I, I don't think this is a messaging issue, Simone. It's not like if anyone is actually paying attention, the numbers appear to be good. What Joe Biden is facing is the headwinds of people still recovering from the pandemic. You can tell me the economy is great. And we saw, as I've predicted before, we saw a slight bump in his numbers after Thanksgiving. But if people don't feel it, they just don't feel it. Unfortunately, I think no matter how much Joe Biden shares his message, no matter how much he may campaign, no matter how much they may ramp up actually putting efforts into uh, black communities and, and black men and Latino men, which are areas where they really need to focus, his best bet in 2024 might be that he's running against someone who can't make a better case. Because at this point, I think it's already set in. I think people feel the way they feel about Joe Biden. They find him to be a disappointment. They don't think he's done enough on the economy. I think the only way he can change that is saying, yeah, you may not like me, but the other guy is worse. Because messaging and talking about the numbers is not enough anymore. You know, Stuart, what do you think about this? If you were advising the president, what would you say is the best strategy? And, and let me just tell you, I think that this fighting about the poll number situation is a, is a moot point because there have been some, you know, good polls that have talked about uh, that have shown the president up over Trump. But there have also been some not good polls. I think people should just campaign. But that's just me. What say you? Um, look, I, I think the central issue here is, you know, Biden is not a poll driven candidate. There are candidates to get in races because they have good poll numbers and they run on the idea of electability. Uh, that's not his message. His message is that he's trying to save the country. And I think the comparison with, with uh, Trump is going to be stark and dramatic and is really going to be a, a turning point in American history. You know, in 2012, when I was working for Romney, on election day, Romney and Obama both had 50% favorables. I don't think we're going to see anything like that again for a very long time. So I think part of the coverage of this is based on a sort of outdated uh, world in which 70% of the opposing party doesn't believe the president is legal. So once you don't believe the president is a legal president, what, what can you say? Well, okay, he's not legal, but he's doing a good job on inflation. Or he's not, I mean, it's, it, there's no message that's going to reach these people. Um, I actually think Biden is going to win by a larger margin than he did last time. And I think it's actually going to be an easier race. That is a bold prediction. Okay.
Well, folks, well, well, folks, I cannot agree more with that statement from, uh, well, from both Johnson. And, you know, sometimes I think about what the, the GOP operative is saying, that just maybe we may get a big surprise that people just get sensible. Uh, Bridge MCP, thank you for that. Super chat, last I can give till my check. I want to say some on the right people do get it. Maybe not admit it out loud, but get it. Hope it's real. Empathy is real. Please try to have empathy. I think most here do. I do too. And I, I want to address Brother uh, Grant again. He says, Egberto seemed to imagine me learning in a one-room schoolhouse in Arkansas. No, I don't. I have too much respect for you to simply put it down to a one-room schoolhouse in Arkansas. And not that a one-room schoolhouse in Arkansas is, wouldn't be a great education. I mean, that doesn't specify what an education, good or bad, would be. But here's what I want to say. Uh, I do understand, because I've seen it, how the right-wing sphere is so effective of twisting people's minds because not it, nobody here is stupid or nobody here is dumb, but there are key points because of how we were reared that certain things work, and we have to fight against those forces. I've had to fight against those forces, but you know it's actually time for us to close out. I want to thank Bridge MCP once again for uh, a, a a great super chat. I want to thanks all thank all of you who support us. I want to remind all of you. To support the program, become a, uh, we, we have a free newsletter, of course, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. But I'd like to urge you to also support, uh, become a paid subscriber of our newsletter. It's a coffee a, a month, you know, or, or so. If, or if, I mean, if, uh, uh, you can provide a coffee a month. That is at politicsandright.com slash newsletter politicsandright.com slash newsletter. And of course, you can find all the different ways in which you can support this program by going to politicsandright.com slash support. Anyway, folks, I got to get out of here because it is that time. So you know how I end this, baby. Thank you so kindly for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.